0: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's time to take a trip with Lisa around the Nutmeg State. Here's what happened this week in Connecticut. The Lisa Wexler Show, WICC 600 AM and 107.3 FM. Listen, I take full responsibility for the fact that these are the stories that I think are very important for you to know this week in Connecticut. We're going to wrap it up. It's February 3rd, and no, we don't have Pugsatawny Phil here in Connecticut. Instead, we have, who is a groundhog, we have Beardsley Bart, the prairie dog. But whatever it is we have, it doesn't look like it's going to be a lot more winter. It's a little cold for a few days, but where is the snow, and in fact, the stats have just come out today that it is the warmest January on record period end in the Northeast forever and ever since we've been keeping records of that with a whopping New York City averaging a 43 degrees. Normally, it's 33 degrees in January. This week in Connecticut was mostly about new bills proposed in Hartford, new policies proposed by Governor Lamont. We're at the beginning of what is called the long session of the two-year term of our legislature, the bills are starting to make their way through the committees. And if they come out of committee, which means they've received a positive vote from a majority of the people on the committee, then the bills will see the light of day again on the floor of the General Assembly, sometimes, most of the time. When we think about how the sausage is made, in the immortal words of Lynn manuel Miranda playing Alexander Hamilton, now is the time that that sausage is being put together. So with that said, this week in Connecticut, here are some notable bills, I wanted you to know about Senator Martin Looney, Democrat of New Haven and the majority leader proposed a bill to punish motorcyclers who don't wear a helmet by having the law automatically assume that all of those motorcyclists want to donate their organs in case they crash and die. The bill is garnering a lot of attention for its outrageous premise I would imagine it will most likely die in committee, but one never knows, and we'll keep an eye on it on the Lisa Wexler Show. State Representative Lucy Dathan, Democrat of Darien, proposed a bill to ban certain usage of pesticides, known as neonics, on lawns and ornamental landscaping. In other words, they're called cosmetic uses also wants to ban the use of neonic-coated seeds. Neonics frequently show up in state water testing, including recently, for example, in approximately 30% of Long Island Sound's groundwater samples. In Norwalk, there is concern in the oyster industry. Declines they are seeing in marine larvae over the last 20 years may be linked to pesticides, and specifically this neonic use. And we know from recent core samples done in Darien at Pear Tree Point Beach, that there are large concentrations of pesticides in the coastal sediment, so large, in fact, that the planned dredging in Darien had to be postponed because the dredge itself was too toxic to be easily disposed of. Wine in supermarkets, a high-stakes battle has come to a head. Yesterday, Thursday, between Connecticut supermarkets and package stores in the state capitol's most, quote, contentious public hearing so far this year, with lots of buses of people getting off the buses to have their word and have their point of view expressed. In a battle over wine and profits, the supermarkets have been putting on a, quote, full-court press in their stores and on the internet to allow wine to be sold in grocery stores for the very first time here in Connecticut, but the state's 1,250 independent package stores are fighting back against the proposal. They are saying that some stores could go out of business because wine is their most profitable product. The package stores are portraying the clash as a David versus Goliath battle as they are battling against major players like Stop and Shop, which is a gigantic Dutch corporation with more than 60,000 employees. Various industry groups and their leaders testified before legislators who heard testimony from the general public in a hearing that lasted six hours. Based on legislative deadlines, a committee vote is expected by March 21st for the proposal to move forward. Governor Lamont unleashed a slew of policies and proposals this week. On Wednesday, the governor announced the creation of a new free website to connect Connecticut manufacturers with suppliers keeping business here in the state. It is called Connex, C-O-N-N-E-X, and you can find it on the ct.gov portal. Yesterday, the governor announced he was prepared to spend $20 million to give to not-for-profits to help negotiate cheaper medical bills for thousands of Connecticut residents. Governor Lamont claims that these nonprofits have successfully reduced prices for drugs and medical procedures for thousands of people they represent. And looking into the details of it, it appears that these nonprofits collectively have saved billions of dollars for individual homeowners because... Personal bankruptcies are largely caused in America because of an inability to pay health bills. This is something, if this goes through, that will not require you as an individual homeowner to apply to get a reduction in your own medical bill. Rather, because of this apparently huge representation on the part of many people who can't afford to pay their bills, your own medical bill will decline substantially. In a move engendering some controversy, Governor Lamont also supported millions of dollars in support for school districts to increase security on school campuses. Some, like Senator Gary Winfield, believe that increased school security is accompanied by too much police involvement in the activity of teenagers in school, leading sometimes to criminal charges being brought against students unnecessarily. This week in Connecticut, the tragic story of Tyree Nichols of Memphis, Tennessee, caused many local police departments to issue statements of condemnation of the actions of those police officers in Tennessee. Wayne Winston, an activist in our community who is with us on the show every Wednesday, told us how he felt when he first heard the news, and many callers on the show as well shared their frustration and anguish. Here's a clip from our show on Wednesday. This is clear abuse of power. Yes. And we, we have to stay focused on the big picture. So there's a lot of uh, things being done for police reform, the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, so many things, but they're being met with a lot of resistance. The Bill of Rights tells us what we can get, but what about what we as United States citizens should be asked to give? Joining us on the show this week was Richard Haas, the longtime chair of the Council on Foreign Relations which might be one of the most influential think tanks in the world. And he wrote a book uh, and created something called A Bill of Obligations, his list of what we can and must do for our country. It's worth a listen. I believe, for example, that it's important to multi-source your, your information, not just go to one cable station uh, or one radio station. I think it's important to go to several or read just one on paper, much less depend upon this or that chat group or, it's you know, group in in, in Facebook. That's social media. That's not a place to go for serious information 99% of the time. So we need we need critical consumers of information in order for Americans to be informed. Then once they're informed, my view is they will more naturally become involved. Bed Bath & Beyond announced the closing of many stores around the country and many here in Connecticut as well. You'll have to check to see whether or not your particular favorite Bed Bath & Beyond will be closing. But the company is expected to file for bankruptcy soon, so it's time to get those sheets and towels right now. This week we learned that 32 students in Holland invented a car that captures carbon dioxide through its vents, holds the carbon dioxide in a special filter that can be recycled, and then emits oxygen from its tailpipe. This extraordinary innovation is not only carbon neutral, it's carbon negative. The car was showcased in July of 2022 and sits in The Hague. Our only question, if this technology exists, why are we taking so long to implement it in actual cars in the United States? The mind reels. But part of what we cover on the Lisa Wexler Show every single week, at least, maybe every single day, is innovation. We close with yet another instance of intimate partner violence ending in death, and it's a very sad note This week, on Tuesday, Tracy Marie Jones, a 52-year-old mother of three who lived in Bethel, was killed in a murder-suicide at her Reservoir Street home in that town. Her estranged husband, 58-year-old Lester Jones, against whom she had applied for a restraining order just two weeks prior and had received one, died by suicide according to the State Office of the Chief Medical Examiner. They were both killed with a gun. At the time of her death, Tracy Marie Jones, a 1989 Henry Abbott Tech High School graduate, worked at Bethel Healthcare and the Cascades, assisted living as a hairstylist, and a colorist at the Brittany Shears Salon in Bethel. Amanda Kovach described her friend as an energetic, compassionate, and strong-willed person and an extremely talented hairdresser. In a January 17th application that Ms. Jones filed for an ex parte restraining order, she reported being verbally and emotionally abused by her husband, who she said often screamed in her face and threatened her life. She said that one of her husband's fantasies involved shooting her to death and she lived in constant fear. One week before the murder-suicide that occurred on Tuesday, Lester Jones was arrested by New York State police on first-degree criminal contempt and second-degree harassment charges after threatening to kill his wife in a harassing phone call to her Bethel home. But guess what? He obviously was not kept in any jail. New York State Police said Lester Jones had been living outside Saratoga in upstate New York, and the incident violated the woman's court order against him. He was issued a ticket and scheduled to appear in court on January 25th. Despite the fact that Lester Jones was subjected to a judicial restraining order at the time of the crime, he nevertheless showed up at Tracy Marie Jones's Reservoir Street home Tuesday night and reportedly killed her. We are going to be doing a series Starting on Monday on Intimate Partner Violence, I encourage you to listen to every single aspect of this, including interviews with local police forces and officers to find out how it is that they feel that their protocol tells them that they are supposed to respond when they hear of or know of a temporary restraining order in their community. That's my take on this week in Connecticut, courtesy of yours truly. Please listen to our podcast by clicking on lisawexler.com. Feel free to send me an email anytime at at lisawexler.com. I want to hear from you. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at Lisa at LisaWexler.com.